Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Hey everyone, before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to recommend a new podcast from KQED. You've heard us talk a lot on this show about the tents, evictions, long commutes, and gentrification that we're all too familiar with here in the Bay Area. Sold Out is a new podcast that reimagines what housing can be here in California, the epicenter of the nation's housing affordability crisis. KQED reporters Molly Solomon and Aaron Baldessari introduce you to the dreamers and doers who see a way forward. Subscribe to Sold Out wherever you're listening to this podcast. Okay, here's the show. Law enforcement groups have had a lot of influence on the politics around criminal justice. They'd go to lawmakers in Washington or Sacramento and push for laws that were tough on crime, especially back in the 90s. And it worked. But that shifted in the last few years. More people are pushing back, including a few California district attorneys who are now saying that it's time for our criminal justice system to change. Every day, district attorneys and their deputies make these charging decisions that really have probably the most kind of on-the-ground real impact on your community than almost anything else. If you want to change the criminal justice system, your elected district attorney is a good place to start. And lately, more of them have been vocal about changing how we do policing. Now a group of DAs in California are teaming up to advocate for criminal justice reform in this election. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Uh, 
I have been covering public safety and criminal justice policy for 15 years, and it feels like there's a real sea change that's been growing for that time, but is kind of actually happening in this moment. Marisa Lagos is KQED's politics and government correspondent and co-hosts a weekly show and podcast, Political Breakdown. Let's go back to the 90s a little bit. Historically, what role have law enforcement associations played in political decisions around criminal justice in California? You know, the 90s were a weird time in California looking back now. We think of this as such a progressive state, but the truth was this was when the national crime bill that we've heard so much in the presidential election uh, was passed. Across the country, people live in fear of getting beaten or mugged or shot. We don't pay nearly enough attention to the victims of the crime. We don't acknowledge the tragedy they've gone through. The system is not designed to do it. I signed this crime bill. We together are taking a big step toward bringing the laws of our land back into line with the values of our people. There had been a lot of spikes in gang violence and murders, the crack cocaine epidemic coming out of the 80s. And so there was a real fear. Um, And then there was a couple of really horrific but sort of random one-off events that occurred. Um, One of them was the abduction and murder of Polly Class from her North Bay home in the Bay Area. Another one was the killing of Kim Reynolds, I believe in the Central Valley. Um, And the fathers of those two victims really took the mantle and alongside folks like the Correctional Officers Union and channeled it into ballot measures like three strikes. It says if a criminal commits a second felony and it's on California's list of serious crimes, the sentence is automatically doubled. Commit a third felony and the sentence is a mandatory 25 years to life, no matter what the crime, even stealing a bicycle. That's really where we see the beginning of California's prison population exploding, a lot of the problems that we're still grappling with. And it really was a moment that was embraced by voters, but I would say largely driven by law enforcement unions and both their political power and just their um, financial power. The big players in, in Sacramento have historically been CCPOA, the California Statewide Sheriff's Association, CPOC, which is the police chiefs, um, and then the police rank and file, which is PORAC, Police Officers Research Association. And I think I would say that generally, not always, but those groups have really um, spoken, you know, in one voice, have walked in lockstep together um, and have been, again, largely on the side of harsher criminal sentences and against criminal justice reforms and police reforms. Lawmakers, you know, saw, I think, the power that they were exercising at the ballot box and through, you know, campaign contributions um, and were very open to hearing their side of things, which in itself is not a problem. Right. Um, I think what happened in the 90s and early 2000s was that there wasn't other voices. I don't think for a long time it was super acceptable to push back against the idea, period, that harsh sentencing laws equaled lower crime rates. Like that was sort of an accepted reality in Sacramento and quite frankly, in most places across the United States. 
As the 2000s went on, California did chip away at harsh crime laws and mass incarceration. Prisons got so overcrowded that in 2011, the Supreme Court ordered the state to reduce its prison population by at least 30,000 people. Public opinion about policing has also changed a lot. But law enforcement groups still have a lot of sway, and they're still mostly in favor of harsher, tougher laws to deter crime. That's why this past week, a small group of district attorneys decided it was time to challenge the big law enforcement unions that have usually dominated politics. Tori Verber Salazar is the district attorney out in San Joaquin County, which includes Stockton. I come from three generations of law enforcement. Uh, the number one job in my, op- my family is law enforcement. She's a Republican. She considers herself a fiscal conservative. Um, But she told me from the time that she was elected and took office about five years ago, she was really put off by the conversation at the statewide district attorneys association, um, by their unwillingness to change. The go to for prosecutors associations and law enforcement associations and unions is that if there is change, then there will be harm in the street. People will be harmed. And they go to a fear tactic, which traumatizes our community. And it's unfair. She's been an interesting one to watch since her election because she has been really outspoken in favor of reform. And she's still a DA. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, she's still locking people up. But um, I think she was excited to hear other people within law enforcement start a conversation that was really more aimed at rehabilitation than at retribution. What do you do with people with mental health? What do you do with people with substance abuse disorder and extreme poverty? And how is putting them in a cement box going to make them better? So Salazar, along with former San Francisco DA George Gascone, current San Francisco DA Chase Boudin, and Diana Becton from Contra Costa County, all created this new Prosecutors Alliance. And why are they doing this? Why do they feel like this is necessary? What they'll say is that they think that there needs to be a counter voice to the current DA's association, that they want people in the Capitol and within California and maybe with within the rest of the United States who might feel like they're kind of on the outside looking in of law enforcement and they don't agree with everything the association is saying, that they want to offer an alternative to that. They want to be a place where they can create policy, like best practices and policies that they can offer to other DAs and other jurisdictions to implement. They can train folks um, and they're going to get involved in both lobbying and in um, statewide ballot measures and campaigns uh, for candidates themselves. You know, one thing that's always struck me and that I talked to Tori about was the fact that in a statewide association, whether it's the sheriffs or the DAs, you have 58 counties and 58 voices that are all given equal weight. And we have a very diverse state. Alpine County has 1,100 residents. L.A. County has 10 million. Those two DAs get the same vote at the table of the traditional district attorneys association. And I think that there's been a sense that they don't necessarily always speak for everyone or for the people that some of these DAs represent. And they just I think they want to give an opportunity for these alternative voices to be heard because to hear Tori tell that she's been really shut down at the traditional association. It had that culture of you were either in the in-group um, that opposed everything and um, supported um, you know, other agencies with blind faith, or you were out. 
I'm curious, like, why now? Like, how much of this has to do with the political uprising that we're seeing nationally around policing since the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and countless others? I, I don't know that this is directly related to this summer and the changes we've seen. I think this is something that's been building with the election of people like Chesa, with people like Tori Verber-Salazar becoming a little bit um, more confident in speaking out. But it's certainly it's tied to the broader Black Lives Matter movement. It's tied to the broader conversation around police reform. I do think that given the rhetoric we're seeing from the president around law and order, the fact that there are two ballot measures, Prop 20 and Prop 25, um, that really seek to roll back some of the reforms California has embraced, um, that they want to be a player in those areas. And I think that there's been a move to challenge sitting DAs to um, come at them from the left with some of these ideas around rehabilitation and restoration. Maybe we've reached not a critical mass because this is still four people out of you know 58 counties and George Gascon isn't even elected right now. Um, but I do think that what this shows is the fact that they are banding together and feel like they have more strength in numbers. How are law enforcement associations responding to the fact that their power in state politics is being challenged, whether it's by this shift in public opinion or by activists or by these district attorneys? I think that they are getting a little bit more anxious. And I think it's partly not just related to the power shift, but to the broader social movement we're seeing and the real kind of questioning of the kind of unvarnished goodness of law enforcement. And not directly related to that is the um, news we saw this week around the CCPOA. Law enforcement is not the enemy. We are not the combatant that they are attempting to make us out to be. We don't live this stuff. A two and a half minute video online, which they've now taken down, in which they literally pasted crosshairs over the face of a black lawmaker who's pushed police reforms and chairs public safety. Um, they say the video was just an attempt to say that they're you know, targeting his legislative district. Um, but it was certainly the most the most like sort of bare knuckle tactic I've seen from an association in recent years. And I think it does indicate that they're more interested in becoming a bigger player again and maybe pushing back against not just this alliance, but more broadly what they see as, um, you know, they say law enforcement are under attack. And I think that we're going to see more of that kind of rhetoric as we get closer to this election. Marisa, one last question for you. Why do you think that this story about just a few district attorneys forming their own advocacy group is important? Like, does it say something about how crucial the role of the DA is? Yeah, I mean, I think we spend a lot of time talking about, yeah, the statewide laws and the sentencing laws. But the truth is, every day, district attorneys and their deputies make these charging decisions that really have probably the most kind of on the ground real impact on your community than 
almost anything else. Um, Of course, policing matters, but police officers arrest somebody, they don't get to make the decision as to whether to charge them and carry that case forward. So I think that it is really underappreciated how much power prosecutors wield in our system, how much the sentencing laws of the past 30 years have added to that power, and really how much power that's taken away from who's supposed to be the, you know, unbiased arbiter of justice in some ways, which is the judge in a courtroom and a jury. So I I think it's really easy to kind of have your eyes glaze over when there's a DA race on the ballot, but I really don't think we can overstate the importance of prosecutors in our system. And really, like, if you think about how much a felony conviction can color the rest of somebody's life, when we talk about getting a job, when we talk about going to school, when we talk about custody of their kids, when we talk about being able to even, like, coach a little league game. I mean, if you have a felony on your record, that will influence likely years, if not the rest of your life. And those decisions are often directly made by prosecutors. This November, there are two ballot measures that would make big changes to California's criminal justice system. Prop 25 is a referendum on the cash bail system, and Prop 20 is a police-backed measure that aims to roll back some of the criminal justice reforms won over the past decade. Marisa says that these two ballot measures would be a big deal if they passed. When I talk to advocates who are on the side of criminal justice reform, they are very concerned about what it would mean for the future of California, um, especially in the state capitol, if those are successful. Marisa Lagos is KQED's politics and government correspondent and co-hosts a weekly show and podcast, Political Breakdown. This episode of The Bay was made by Marisol Medina-Cadena and Alan Montecilio. Devin is back from paternity leave this week, so I'll hand the mic back to him. Thank you for joining me this past few weeks on this wild news ride. We've been through a lot together, and it has been quite the adventure. And I also want to thank all the women who've helped us make this show while Devin was out. That's Aditi Bangamudi, Shannon Lynn, and Marisol Medina-Cadena. All right, that's it for me. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Catch y'all from the producer's seat. The Bay is made at your public media station, KQED. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 